Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dream Leapers Inspiration. I'm your host, Harriet Cole. So very happy to be with you today. It is always a privilege to connect in this community of hearts where we make the choice to recognize the inspiration in our lives, no matter what's going on, no matter what challenges we face, no matter what uh, complications may arise in our daily lives, nearly two years we've been gathering in this space of Dream Leapers Inspiration to just have that covenant of being together and choosing to see the greatness in our lives and to be inspired by that. And that counts for a lot because we know life is filled with choice and also life is filled with circumstances. Many things occur throughout every day, throughout every hour, in every moment, things happen. And we as individuals have a choice as to how we are going to respond to whatever is occurring in our lives and to figure out a way forward. Now, as we discuss oftentimes here on Dream Leapers Inspiration, many of our choices are unconscious. We have learned behaviors which actually often support us. You know, we are taught when we're children how to respond and react to certain things that occur in our lives. And that's very important because imagine if at every moment we were needing to have a new reaction, a new response to whatever is occurring. And if we were conscious in every moment, what would that mean? What would it mean that, okay, this has happened and I need to look at it differently, to look at every single thing differently? That could be paralyzing throughout the course of the day. So it is important for us to have expectations about how and, and, and understandings about what is appropriate to do when X happens or Y happens, right? Uh, and yet, when we are, have engaged our conscious awareness, that helps us to still look with fresh eyes at the moment. Okay, we know this is how we should respond to X or Y, and then our eyes are open to what's happening. And do I go through the knee jerk, what I've been taught, what feels like the flow, or is this a moment where I pause and behave a little differently? These are questions that we get to ask ourselves when we're paying attention and when we're aligned with our spirit. And these are questions that are really important in tender moments. So I wanted us to address the tender moment that so many of us are experiencing right this minute, all over the world, within our families, within our communities, within our working worlds. Many have experienced loss right now in recent days, weeks, as this new year has begun. And so, I titled today's Dream Leapers Inspiration as Surviving Sorrow. 
surviving sorrow. What do we do when we lose people, experiences, um, profound moments in our lives, when we lose them, when we suffer loss? How do we manage that? We all know that no person is going to live forever. And yet, even when our elders who have lived near or beyond 100 years, when they pass, our hearts ache. And we know they can't live forever, and yet our hearts ache, because we want them forever. What happens when our beloved young angels leave us too soon? And as parents, as community members, as family members, we cannot, we do not know how to process that loss. It strikes us down with sorrow and yet we are here. And so we know that we need to be able to put one foot in front of the other and tend to our hearts. What happens when people who have risen to renown of some kind in our lives, in our culture, in our world, and they leave us and their names and image and stories reverberate, not just in our tiny communities, but through our media, through the sensation of information carrying all over. What then, when there's a collective mourning that occurs what then? And so I want us to contemplate this. How do we survive sorrow when there feels like there's so much sor sorrow around? And I would be remiss if I did not mention the sorrow of people who did not survive illness. And as we know, for the past two years nearly, hundreds of thousands of people have succumbed to COVID-19 and other illnesses, people who are near and dear to us. It is true, more have survived, meaning have lived, but many have passed on. And so we have layers of loss that for me came to a head in a sense, because just in the past, week or so, many people uh, with whom I've had long relationships, some people of note, some people just of note in my uh, family or community growing up in Baltimore or, you know, just folk in my world have passed on. And, you know, at first I accepted it and felt the sadness and yet felt strong. And then after a while, it sort of, you know, picked at my spirit. And when one of the many who've passed in the past seven days um, left us and I learned about it, it really was like a heart-wrenching moment. I think it was that 
last straw moment, there have been so many. And then this one, someone I knew well, but not even the person to whom I was the closest, but just the accumulation of so much loss. And I felt the tears flowing. I felt the sort of crumbling inside of my spirit. And I allowed myself to stay in that space and to let the tears shed and to be in the experience of loss. That was not only that one person who deserved all of the tears, but the flood of all the people who had affected me. And so I wanted to bring this to you because I know I'm not alone. I know some of you who are convened here with me right now are feeling the loss of some of the people that I lost because that's how we're all connected. And some of you are feeling the loss of others. So how do you survive that sorrow when it goes deep? You know, I spoke to a woman who lost her husband. They've been together for 20 years. Actually, they just got married right before he died. I think so that she would be able to have his insurance and whatever privileges you get from marriage. But they've been together for 20 years. And he died a couple months ago. And I just spoke to her about a week ago, um, you know, again, after, after the loss. And she could barely speak. She's currently deep into the grief cycle. And she said, you, you just don't understand. You just don't understand. And she felt the need to share. And through tears, she shared, you know, we were together for 20 years. And we talked all the time. She said he would call me all day long at different points of the day just to check in and talk. He wasn't always about anything in particular. We just wanted to hear each other's voices and, and share some sunlight between us. She said that he was a freelancer and she said sometimes when he would have jobs that lasted a long period of time, he would steal away from his job at lunchtime to come to where she worked just so they could hold hands and talk to each other. She said, you just don't understand we were so connected. This loss is so great because we were connected every single day, all day long. When I heard that, I felt her palpable sorrow at the loss of this incredible man, and he was an incredible man. I felt the covenant of love that she shared with this man for so many years and that she still felt, even though it's so fresh, that she also feels the fact that he is not physically present. For her, at this stage of grief, surviving sorrow is being able to talk about it and to have a network of loved ones who can help her hold the pain and release it, who can provide the hug 
Perhaps never the hug he offered, but a hug. The hug of acknowledgement, the hug of enduring love. For her, surviving sorrow is going to take time because now it is an open wound. And I bet for some of us connected on this broadcast right now, there are open wounds because of loss. There are open wounds because we haven't fully processed the losses that have just occurred in our lives. I spoke to the son of a woman who had in recent years been very close to um, another friend of mine who died. And because his life and passing was so public, I'll say his name it was Andre Leon Talley the um, former creative director of Vogue. And so he had this incredible life in the world of fashion and international style. This particular woman, the mother of the person who called me looking to find out what is the service going to be because his mother is in such a state of sorrow. This woman is an 80 year old Jewish mom as the son described who met him in the hospital some years ago when they were both ill. And they became friends and talked to each other on the phone every day up until a week before he passed. And she wasn't connected to anyone in his world except for him. So he was reaching out to just find out how can she reconnect to share in the collective grieving moment whenever that occurs. Sorrow happens in so many ways. Sometimes we know a person. Sometimes we're connected from afar. Sometimes we have this moment of connection that is unknown to anyone else. And yet we do experience sorrow. And I just thought we should look at it. So of course I found some quotes that I'd like to share with you. Here's one that's just so apropos from Leo Tolstoy. Only people who are capable of loving strongly can also suffer great sorrow. But this same necessity of loving serves to counteract their grief and heals them. Let me read it to you again. Only people who are capable of loving strongly can also suffer great sorrow. But this same necessity of loving serves to counteract their grief and heals them. Leo Tolstoy. There's so much richness in that quote. There's so much promise that those of us who allow ourselves to love fully, to love deeply, to love from the core of our beings. We are the ones who can and do experience sorrow because for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, right? So that deep love, that depth, that soul love, it feels ripped apart when it's gone. 
And by the way, yes, it leaves us when someone dies, but it also leaves us when relationships end. Sometimes it leaves us when jobs end because we so identify with our work these days. Sorrow comes in many forms. But Tolstoy says that it is only those of us who have the capacity to love strongly and deeply. It's only those of us who have that, who have the capability, unfortunately, perhaps, to experience an equal portion of sorrow. Yet, he says that if you have that capacity to love, and you therefore have that experience of sorrow, you also have the capability of going through the grief process and healing. That's the promise. That's where faith comes in. Because sometimes when you're in that dark place, that, that tender, sensitive, vulnerable place, you don't know if you can come out on the other side. You don't know if you have the capability to flex that inner muscle that allows you to climb out of the hole, to tend to your spiritual wounds. And yet, Tolstoy says you do. He says you do, and I believe that you do. Let me share another. I found some wonderful uh, quotes. This is, this is a poem from the beloved uh, Harlem Renaissance poet, Langston Hughes, Langston Hughes. And here's what it says. He wrote, dear lovely death that taketh all things under wing, never to kill, only to change into some other thing. This suffering flesh to make it either more or less but not again the same. Dear lovely death, change is thy other name. It was that line, change is thy other name. Isn't it true? If you fully love someone or some experience, when it is gone, it's not gone. You don't forget. It, the pain may lessen over time, but you don't forget. You know, my father's been dead more than 20 years. I hear him talking to me all the time. I hear his lessons, some that I want to hear, some that I don't want to hear, all the time. He's not gone from my life. His physical being is gone. His voice isn't. His lessons aren't. They remain resonant within me. And many of the ancestors from my family who have passed on resonate within my being right now. Lessons that they shared with me aren't gone. The change did occur. They left the physical plane. But their lessons, their love, their memories live on. Don't you have that experience? I think it's so powerful for us to recognize that. Another, this is from E.A. Buccianeri. I don't know who that is, but I love the quote. 
So it's true. When all is said and done, grief is the price we pay for love. So it's true. When all is said and done, grief is the price we pay for love. Why did I want to share that with you? Because you can't skip over the process. You can't skip over the tenderness. If you do, you're just masking it, but it's still there. You have to go through the process of healing, of acknowledging what happened, of recognizing it and understanding the depths of grief that you may be experiencing and recognizing that that's okay. And continuing to work through and move through the process so that you can be healed on the other side. If you don't do that, you get stuck. Now, for those of you who have been with me on this journey of Dream Leapers Inspiration for a while, you know I've talked about this before. There are... I don't want to say many. There are several people that I can think of right now who were close to me who died of a broken heart. One woman, the broken heart did not come because of death of a person. It came because of death of a marriage. She'd been married for many years. At a certain point, her husband left. It devastated her. And she never survived. She never moved on. She was stuck. I remember watching her and, and recognizing it was like her feet got stuck in cement and she wasn't able to move. Like her heart was encrusted in cement and she wasn't able to break free. And many people who loved her encouraged her to build a new life. She was smart. She had a great career. She had a son. From the outside looking in, you would think that she had an incredible life. But she could not move past the rejection that she felt because of this divorce. And in a few years, she got sick and died. She got some form of cancer, and there are folks in the healthcare world who will tell you that you can physically get sick because of sorrow and grief. And those of us who watched her believe that that's what happened. There's another dear, dear friend of mine whose partner of nearly 30 years passed away. And I remember talking to her and I did not realize until near the end of her life how palpable her grief was even seven years later. There's a difference between rejoicing in the memories, sometimes having tender moments because of the memories and being stuck in the grief. To survive sorrow is to choose to live. To survive sorrow is to extract the greatness 
out of whatever that experience, relationship, bond was and carry it forward. To survive sorrow is to forgive yourself and whoever or whatever was part of that bond so that you may not forget the things that you don't like that happened, but you forgive and you choose to move on. It is an action to survive sorrow. It may require you to get therapy. It may require you to physically move to a new location. It may require you to change your friends. It may require you to make amends with people who, with whom you, you know, didn't have the best relationship for whatever reason. For sure, it requires action. To survive sorrow is flexing an internal muscle. That may also include inflex, uh, uh, accessing physical muscles. You're doing something. And so the question you have to ask yourself is, are you ready to do whatever it takes for you to survive this moment that may feel so tender right now? Are you ready? If you need help, are you willing to get help? These are important questions to ask. And, you know, I hope that those of you who are connected to this broadcast right now know that my intention is not to bring any of us down. I think it's important for us to deal with reality. And every day for the past, well, since the year 2022 began, there's been much joy and there's been much sorrow. Every day I've learned of people leaving us, passing on. You know, two close friends of my mother, my mother is 92. Of course elders are gonna leave us. But when my 92 year old mother learns that someone who was her high school friend passed on, it hurt her heart. That the husband of one of her dear friends passed on. You know, when our elder men live into their 90s, what a blessing and a rare blessing. When they leave us, it hurts. When I hear of children passing far too young, of leaders in one of the communities that I've worked and in communities where others have worked, in my beloved sorority. The loss compounds upon itself to the point that the weight can feel so heavy that you don't know what to do. And that is why I decided to address this topic today because I believe my work is to bring to us a reflection of what's going on in our world and to help us be inspired to examine what it is and to find the light in that experience. So Langston Hughes said it's about change. Leo Tolstoy told us if you can deeply love, strongly and deeply love, then yes, you can experience extreme sorrow and only you, by the way, you who can deeply love. But if you can't, 
experience de the, that depth of love and experience that incredible sorrow, it also means that you can heal. So don't forget the end of it, that if you are strong enough to experience the fullness of love that goes all the way to your core, to a cellular level, you have the capability to survive the sorrow of loss. You can heal. It requires you to take action to survive sorrow. You can't just sit in it. You can't wallow in it. You cannot allow your heart to be encrusted with cement. You cannot eat your way out of it, drink your way out of it, take a pill your way out of it. You can't do that. You have to face it. Face it with faith that you are capable of healing. And this is what I want for all of us. Let us remember the greatness of those we have lost. If they are people that we have lost who have passed on, let us remember the greatness, the lessons, the joy that we experienced in knowing them. If it's a relationship that has ended, no matter how awful the ending was, what joy do you remember from it? What lessons did you learn? What can you hold on to that is healing? What must you release that is not? If it is a job that you lost, that you left, even if the ending wasn't good, what can you learn? When you can learn lessons that you can carry forward, that's when you can heal. And by the way, sometimes it takes a long time. We can be bitter about the way that things end. The process of grieving endings, even if it's the ending of a job, an experience, a neighborhood, a community, a home, whatever it is. When we can process and go through everything, the anger, the hurt, the finger pointing, whatever it might be, and get to the other side, here's the lesson. Here's what I've learned. Here's what I can take forward. Here's what I must release. That's when the healing happens. And we can do it, each one of us. So as we leave this moment together, I want to invite you to acknowledge whatever sorrow might be in your life recognize it for what it is, offer it to the light, invite it to lift and not be so heavy on your spirit. And with faith and intention, ask yourself what you can learn so that you can release the rest. It does work, it takes time and you can do it. With all the love I have within me, I offer it all to you with great respect. And until we meet again, have a great day and make it count. Namaste.